So for me personally, I wanted to do more, but I was not allowed to do more in any of these companies. I worked for Expedia, I worked for Amazon, and I knew I could do more as well. That's where I started figuring out what do I want to do in life, actually? What kind of company do I would want to build in? Or what kind of company would I want to work for? Or what kind of hard problems I can use my skills to solve them? All right, and welcome back to the Clearview Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with the Active Loop C- CTO, Shashank Agarwal. Active Loop is a framework for building and scaling data pipelines for machine learning and computer vision. They're a YC-backed company with at least $1 million initially raised, but Shashank, you had mentioned that, they, that you recently closed a seed extension of a few million dollars. He's an Expedia and Amazon alumni who worked on the Amazon open source team and did a lot of API work and he helped to launch Amazon's ML products. How are you doing today, Shashank? Hey, nice to meet you. I'm doing all right. How are you? Doing well. Did I pronounce your name right? Yeah, my name is, yeah, that's right. It's Shashank Agarwal. Shashank Agarwal. Okay, great. All right, Shashank, tell me, tell me about ActiveLoop. What are you guys doing? Yeah, so I recently joined ActiveLoop uh, this year in February. Uh, so ActiveLoop is a data set management software. So there's a big problem right now in the ML world. The machine learning algorithms have advanced a lot. There's AutoML, auto-tuning, all sorts of stuff, but still to manage data sets is extremely hard. And when your data set becomes image data sets or audio or video, it becomes much more harder to use them to train our models, to reuse them or do anything with them. That's what Active Loop Hub actually helps in. And the product is open source right now. So we're working with the community in trying to make a bunch of image data sets available to other people and also have an enterprise offering as well. Hmm. Yeah, so you mentioned the, the community is, I, I heard your project is open source at its root, right? Yeah. Tell me more about that. What's, the, what's behind the decision to start a company that's building an open source product and how do you, how do you monetize that? Yeah, so it's a hard challenge when you want to make money as well, you have investment. It, we always have the question of open source versus enterprise. and But it's actually extremely helpful to have an open source product. Uh, with open source, we have a big community who are uh, individual researchers. Some of them are uh, employees in big companies such as Google and other places. Some of them are just college students. They all have this problem. They want to reuse data sets. So that makes up our community. And they contribute and help make the hub product better. They help us try out new features. And uh, yeah, like uh, it's been very helpful with the community so far and building the product specifically. And in terms of the enterprise side, where we are supposed, like we want to make money. So there is a conflict always. How much open source and how much enterprise? It's like how, how much of this product, how much of what you guys are building is open source versus enterprise? And where do you draw the line between that? So at the moment, our entire focus is on open source, actually. So we realized that we wanted to build down on open source. This is the learnings we have got from a bunch of other people and investors and all those pe- other people who have done this before. So we're not holding back anything from open source right now. We're trying to be as much as we can do in the open source world which is 
we won't compromise anything for traction if you think from a business point of view. Hmm. Yeah, tell me more about that. So we talked to some other leaders in the industry. Uh, I cannot tell their name right now, but we did talk to them and they have done this. So they made a very famous open source project which has raised 100 200 million dollars and then it became an enterprise product so we asked them this question specifically which is uh, how much open source and how much enterprise should we hold back from releasing features in the open source because then we don't have a very compelling enterprise product to sell he said no devil down on the open source feature he would never trade traction with anything else in the world you hmm. cannot buy traction Right. It's extremely hard to have that. So right. that's the reasoning we have behind the open source product right now. Yeah, speaking of traction, and like communities take time to build traction. How did you guys build that initial traction in your community? How did you, how did you build does, community around a new product? So we are lucky to have a very talented marketing team who were able to build all of that. It requires a lot of outreach a lot of different kind of ways to set up the meetups to be able to reach where the community is actually and be able to engage them as well. So take part in various competitions, post competitions, uh, such as Kaggle challenges or reach out to meetups where the community is, try to answer various kind of questions, have collaborations and in the end, reach out to people who are contributing at different places. Hmm. So, so tell me more about the, about the business model from open source. What does it look like when you're doing enterprise solutions? Sure. That's a very hard question to answer. Everybody has have their own recipe book on how to do that. So we looked at a bunch of very, very famous open source products, such as Red Hat or Elasticsearch or uh, even Kubernetes. So one thing which we have and seen them in common, that they became widely usable in large enterprises. That's when they realize that they have a product market fit, basically. They have a product that could be sold. For example, with Mesosphere, their product was being used by Twitter and few other large MNCs. That's when they realized they have uh, a product which, which mm -hmm. they can sell to enterprises. So that is the goal as well, to, be, to provide some value, actually, to large companies. And then you have something that you can sell on top of that afterwards. Great. Uh, tell me, tell me a little bit more about your um, about your journey with with Active Loop personally. Um, you started as a head of engineering, right? And then you were promoted to C CTO. Yeah. So that's an uh, interesting one. So I actually interviewed for the CTO, but uh -huh. then uh, I was. Uh, there was somebody else that they were interviewing for the CTO actually, and I was given the job of the head of engineering. Once I joined, I was doing the work required for the head of engineering, which requires managing the entire team. So implementing a bunch of planning using Jira, implementing Scrum and Sprint planning. But I was also doing the CTO work, which is designing, uh, helping in making the product, helping in uh, doing the technical aspects, designing infrastructures, designing other things. So I just had a frank conversation with the CEO, whose name is David. And I said, hey, uh, see, I'm already working at this level. So it, he didn't even say much about that. He said, yeah, that's fine. I don't have a problem. It didn't think I titled the CTO. <laughs> and that's just happened. 
probably the fastest promotion in my life so far. What about the existing CTO? So regarding the current CTO, so there was no current CTO. They were interviewing for a CTO and they stopped approaching that part then once I became the CTO. <clears throat> All right, that makes sense. So where, what, what's the most important like personal reflection or realization that you've had in your career uh, from Expedia to Amazon to Active Loop? Like each of us has something that like for years we were just kind of kicking ourselves in the face or <laughs> uh, like really just blocking our own growth until all of a sudden it just hurt too much to not see what we were doing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious if there's something that comes up for you in that question. Yeah, it, it does actually. So at Amazon itself, uh, Amazon pays really well, right? It's a good life. You get paid really well. You get to live. Uh, and you are building something which is uh, going to be used by a really large number of people already before you have built it. You know it for sure. But when you see the bigger picture, you are uh, probably a small contributor to a large system. So for me personally, I wanted to do more, but I was not allowed to do more in any of these companies. I worked for Expedia, I worked for Amazon, and I knew I could do more as well. That's where I started figuring out what do I want to do in life, actually. What kind of company do I would want to build in? Or what kind of company would I want to work for? Or what kind of hard problems I can use my skills to solve them? And that's where Active Loop came in. I actually was trying to find companies on um, various platforms which are solving interesting problems. So... I sent my like email introduction email to a bunch of ten to around ten companies. Mm -hmm. They all had uh, some similarities. Is that they have raised some amount of money already, which is, and they are pre Series A, and they have less than ten employees. That's kind of companies I wanted to become join. Mm -hmm. And they, what they're working on was is more like a machine learning platform or a machine learning product. That's where I found Active Loop. Right. What was it specifically about Active Loop that excited you the most? Other than meeting those criteria. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in today's time, like when I see about what the future is going to be, definitely AI is one of the big things. And I have been in this field for a very, very long time. So training your models or using AI in your product has become much, much easier right now. But to do or make an AI a product using images or audio or video, it's insanely hard right now. Mm -hmm. It's very, very complex problem for example if you want to make an autonomous driving model by yourself it's absolutely like so so hard right now or for example a different use case you have a lot of medical data right now with x-rays and cancer cells being um, annotated on those things how do you make a model out of that those are the hard problems we need we should be able to solve them right now it should not be so hard to train a model with a million images it should be easy right but it's still very hard and that's a problem i want to solve yeah what are what are the specific ways i mean there's so many ai companies out there that are solving something that sounds very similar from its like broad description i'm curious what is active do, active loop doing differently to approach this this particular problem yeah that's a very good question so yeah, i agree there's a lot of competition in here and I'm sort of like telling you my secret sauce for people love us for. <laughs> so the AI for images is quite expensive to train. 
So you have a data sets stored somewhere in S3. They could be in various kind of formats. So Active Loop's format is different. They allows all your various formats to be stored in Active Loop format. Once your 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 data set is in format from Active Loop, which is called Hub. Hub data sets can be directly fed into a PyTorch model mm-hmm. or a TensorFlow model with a really high GPU usage, around like 80% or 90% GPU usage when it is optimized. That helps companies to fast to save money, basically. A lot of money in, in the training part. That is like what makes Acclo very interesting. That uh, you save money on the GPU and the CPU training. Besides that, uh, Acclo provides a very easy way to make your data reusable. I think that is a missing component we have in the AI world, the data sets, the, the part. Mm-hmm. It's not very reusable right now. Like GitHub provided software to be reusable in a lot of ways. A lot of the, the Docker allowed software containers to be reusable. Mm-hmm. There's nothing which allows data sets to be reusable. And I feel that Hub could be one of those solutions. Right, yeah, that makes sense. So you're you're basically making it so that people can take people can take a data set with all of its raw images that may be like you know scraped from the internet or something many different formats and then go through one pass to normalize them and standardize them into this hub format where once they've done this it is both optimized for the machine learning models that you're running and also reusable and potentially shareable i imagine somebody could gather a a particular data set and say to the community, okay, great. Now I have this data set. Do you guys have any other ways to process this data and try uh, try extracting some different or maybe better uh, data from it? Does that sound about right? So you are totally on the point. What you said is absolutely 100% accurate and you're totally getting it. Awesome. So how, how far along would you say you guys are with this? How many, how many people are using the platform? How many data sets are there? What is the, what's the response that you're getting? So the initial response has been very good. A lot of things have changed and we are still a very new company. So in terms of the numbers, like we are very famous, I can say in some sense on, uh, on GitHub with around 3000 stars. Hmm. We have been uh, trending in the top 10 projects around the world on GitHub itself and uh, in the Python category as well. And in terms of the number of data sets, we have around 100 data sets right now, but we are going to reach probably around a thousand data set in the next few months. And uh, I'm not, uh, I cannot tell you the name of the enterprises who are using us already. But we already have some initial deals where Hub is already part of some production environments where people are using Hub to manage their data sets, update their data set continuously, and use it to train on a very large cluster on like terabyte scale data already. Mm, very cool. What are what are some of the uh, types of data sets that are being used? Like what is what is this being used for mostly so far? Or some a couple of interesting examples. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I can actually give you some use cases and companies we have already working with Hub data sets. Okay. Right. So there is a company who has a lot of data. They have basically x-rays of lungs. And they have asked a lot of their labelers to annotate the cancer cells on those x-rays. 
So that data set is stored in Hub. Using that data set, they are training a model in which when given an X-ray, it will be able to determine if that person has cancer or not with a high accuracy. So we are, I feel very mm. proud myself in being able to say, yeah, I'm actually working something for cancer research. Yeah. Yeah, and I can imagine having having a data set from like millions of X-ray images become available to a lot of people through a standardized and normalized uh, data set would be really would really help accelerate research in this field. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what the owner of the data sets want to do as well. They want this. They told us they said, "Hey, this data set we have is extremely valuable, but we want to open source it." And I'm like, "Wow." People are awesome. People mm -hmm. want to help humanity as well. So that that's great, right? So that's a that brings another good question. Um, so like, let's say we have we have the owner of a data set who knows this data set is valuable, and they may want to open source it. Is it possible for them to use Active Loop to like partially open source it, but partially license it, or? Yeah, absolutely. So we allow them to provide a license uh, with. Uh, the data set specifically, some of the companies we are working with right now to open source the data sets require that people who want to download data sets sign up uh, a license agreement actually. So that they are saying that they will not use this commercially, but in research or other purposes. So that is also supported by Actum. Hmm. How do how do these companies integrate with your um, with Active Loop to like ingest their data sets? Is there is there just an interface that they upload to, or is there an API that they connect to? Yeah, we provide both the things. We have a platform on ActiveLoop.ai where you can go and you can sign up using GitHub or like other places, or you can also use our public uh, Python repository or the Python package mm -hmm. called the Hub HUB. You can use that. You can have a dataset in any format anywhere, and we up you can upload that to the ActiveLoop's registry. Hmm. So as Active Loop grows, what do you what do you see the impact being in the next two to three years? In like the best case scenario, let's let's say that Active Loop, you know, meets its targets and achieves your wildest dreams. What does what does the world look like having been impacted by Active Loop? That's a very exciting question. I have actually thought about this a lot. Like what is the end goal? Where do I see Active Loop being in the future? So if we are successful in our goal where we want to achieve in two years, we will allow or enable a lot of these amazing data sets to become available. For example, if somebody wants to train or make their own autonomous driving car, they have a data set that's available already with one click and the code is also there. They can start immediately working on it and tinkering with it and running with it. If somebody wants to make a make a, a a solution which requires them to have lungs X-rays and cancer cells annotated, annotated, they have that X, that is available. It's like we will have probably over five thousand or ten thousand data sets for every single application, which are readily available for training, and in most cases we will have the training code already available and being contributed by the community. So imagine a community which is working together with the data sets and trying to solve the problems, trying to make a better model in the open source way. That is the vision that we have in two years.
Hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, Shashank, thank you very much for this conversation. It's been really wonderful. Same here, Red. Nice talking to you.